So if you could play that for us, you know that'd be fab. Christmas is just about my favorite time. It's Christmas, Theo. It's the time of miracles, so be of good cheer. This is Christmas! The season of perpetual hope! <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> right, uh, I was watching, trying to find good videos, and honestly, you could just watch them for ages, like all the nostalgic movies. Um, right, so Christmas is approaching, the trees are up, the, um, the music is playing, presents are piling up, we're trying to get organized, but also Netflix is in full swing. Uh, I feel like many people have their favorite Christmas movies. Um, Polar Express, if you remember Simon being our conductor last year for um, the kids punching their tickets coming into the event upstairs. Maybe it's something a little bit more of a classic thing like um, It's a Wonderful Life, Elf, Home Alone. I used to love Miracle on 34th Street and was really sad um, when a couple of years ago they stopped showing it on the TV and was really sad. So I'm just like waiting for that to come back. Um, but yeah, so we all have our favorite films. Um, and when we want to watch them, we've always got like that, you want to like get all cozy, don't you? You close the curtains, you might have the fire lit, um, you maybe have a hot drink, um, you cuddle up to a feel-good movie, and you want to have that little moment of relaxation, that little moment of peace and quiet. But sometimes, unintentionally, we want our lives to be a little bit like a Christmas movie for a happy ending. We may convince ourselves that we'll feel more settled, we'll feel happier, maybe a little bit more at peace when our hopes and our dreams come true. And it's so easy to think, I'll feel better when I get that job. I'll feel more at peace when I pay off that mortgage, when I meet that person, when I restore that friendship, achieve my New Year's goals, whatever it is. Um, but not that these things can't impact our happiness to a degree, but we don't want them to be the base and the source of our peace. Uh, we'll be waiting a long time and we'll battle with a lot of disappointment. Uh, peace in our lives can never be based on our hopes and our dreams coming true because these are unpredictable and they're difficult to control. Peace comes when our hearts are at peace within us. And we live in a broken world and we always will find something in our own lives or the lives of the people we love uh, to fear which could seriously rob us from our peace. And this morning I hope to share what peace beyond the Christmas carol we sing looks like and pray that it brings life and wholeness to us far further than this Christmas season. So as we delve a little bit more into peace, um, we're going to start thinking about fear as the enemy of our peaceful heart um, and what that really means. So Cue another clip, please. <laughs> Thank you. 
We are going to look at your past. There are more good things in this life, Scrooge, than you can possibly imagine. It's Christmas, Ebenezer. Dear boy, let's go and open the toy shop. I've discovered that I like life. God bless us, everyone. <laughs> I can't watch that without laughing. <laughs> right, so here's Scrooge. Um, oh, let's go. So could you go back to the picture of the film clip, please, Jonah? Thanks. Um, so here's Scrooge. Perhaps we know a Scrooge <laughs> in our lives who could whisper bah humbug under their breath, or maybe they display some other um, of his distinctive characteristics. Uh, but Scrooge is the Christmas poster boy for selfishness, greed, and the desire to win at all costs. He says in the movie that you can never have enough money. And we love to hate or at least pity the Scrooge that appears early in the first half of the um, story, A Christmas Carol. But we also love to see the transformation that occurs early, um, sorry, the transformation that occurs by the end of the story after meeting the ghosts of Christmas past, Christmas present and Christmas future. So he is scared straight. He wakes up from a most terrifying night of his life and he becomes generous and he turns a new leaf. So fear, oh, sorry, ignore that. Fear can have that effect on us acting like a chokehold on our human heart. We may be in a circumstance that is beyond our ability to control and inside we are in utter turmoil. We believe that the worst thing is going to happen to us and that our feelings are accurate and um, they're just a good read on the situation. But when we live with a lack of inner peace, known or unbeknown to us, we can try to avoid potential fear by bringing a sense of peace through control. We may have a tighter grip on our relationships, our finances, how we spend our time. We may try to avoid people who seem to always want to get something from us. Um, and this need to control can just grow into other things like work-life balance or anxiety. I'm in the past, I have tended to tidy. That's mine, to help me feel more in control. I could say grounded, but really I just have this little feeling of um, out of control and that situations are just slipping out of my grasp. And I don't remember what I was doing, um, what was happening on this particular day, but um, it got to the evening and I looked around my room and I decided, yeah, this is a good time to completely reorganize it. This is great. So I uh, did I need to reorganize my room? Absolutely not. Um, uh, had I watched an episode of Marie Kondo's Tidy Up? Not on this occasion, but she has great tips. Um, so I was there reorganizing my bookshelf, folding all my clothes to some ridiculous R, and I knew I should stop, but I was convinced if I just kept going, I'd feel a little bit better. And by the end, a small part of my senses returned, and I decided you need to go to bed. And it was only at that point did I really realize what I was doing and why. So perhaps your go-to way of gaining control is with food or drink or exercise, study or work-related, whatever it is. But it's likely in those times you're not quite yourself either. Perhaps you're distracted. Maybe you're a little bit angry or impatient. Uh, just on top of that fear and anxiety, which is at the root. So in short, fear or lack of inner peace brings us a little, um, brings an out a negative side to us. So if we go back to A Christmas Carol, 
Scrooge comes face to face with the ghost of Christmas present, the ghost of Christmas, sorry, the ghost of Christmas past, present and future. So let's start with the ghost of Christmas past. What fears of the past are stealing your inner peace? What fears of the past are stealing your inner peace? I had a negative experience in a school that I used to work in and I was treated really badly. And as a result, I was and still need to fight that fear of what if this repeats? What if I go to another school and and this happens again? Maybe you've had a car accident and you're afraid to get back in on on the road. Maybe you've had a relationship or a friendship end and you want to be that little bit more distant with people to protect yourself. Maybe there is a deep traumatic experience that you just keep pushing down because it's too frightening and it's too painful. So what is your ghost of Christmas past? A personal reason why fear of the past is impacting your future. So I invite you to think about that just for a little moment. And you may have guessed it. We're going to go on to the ghost of Christmas present. Also, how hilarious is he looking? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to think about this guy. What fear of the present is stealing our inner peace? Maybe you are in the thick of something which is overwhelming as you raise a family, battle with sickness, care for a loved one, search for a new job, try to save money. We are to live out of a place place of promise and faith, not slavery and fear. And in Galatians 4, 7, it says, So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. This also goes for how we want to raise our children from a place of promise and faith. But we'll come back to being heirs a little bit later on. So we're just going to have another moment to reflect on that. What fears of the present are stealing our inner peace? So lastly, this guy's not quite so cute. Um, Our fears are are a ghost of Christmas future. So all the same examples that we've talked about um, can rob us of our inner peace in this future moment, family, sickness, job, finances. So what, maybe what if, rolls off your tongue, what if this happens? What if this doesn't happen? Can you say you are at peace with regards to what's going to happen tomorrow? Can you say that you are at peace with what's going to happen next week? What about next year or the next 10 years? And this is when scripture can be helpful to rewrite whatever narrative we're forming in our minds. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have in mind for you, declares the Lord. They are plans for peace, not disaster, to give you a future filled with hope. Now, as we think about peace, we're going to bring it in with Mary in the nativity story. And although Mary and Scrooge Not really, two people we often compare. (laughs) Um, They both did experience frightening, unexpected supernatural visitors. Ghosts to Scrooge and an angel to Mary. But what's significant is how Mary responds next. 
So we're going to think about the peaceful heart is ready for any challenge. Any one of us would be in shock if we had a visitation like this. Mary in the biblical story of Christmas was no exception. An angel appears to her, a celestial messenger from another world, and his first words to her are in Luke 1, 30, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Apparently, Mary was afraid. <laughs> we hear this story so often, and it's so easy to lose touch and really imagine what the situation would have been like for Mary. But the amazing thing is that Mary did not try to control the situation to bring inner peace. She was confident that God was in control. She had peace from the inside. And this is powerful and dissolves fear. Have you ever heard that fear is the enemy of peace? Well, it is. Mary had a deep and abiding belief within her that God always, always, always had her best in mind. One way to raise this hope, this faith and trust in God is to read the Bible, to learn exactly what we can hold on to. And I'm going to share a couple of passages we can learn more about God in, but also gain hope and peace from. So our first one is 1 Corinthians. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Now, I love to read different versions, so I just read the NIV, but the, um, the message is so good. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. Literally, just repeat that in your head, that line alone. He'll never let you be pushed past your limit. He'll always be there to help you come through it. You might have that friend or family member who you always go to for help with a dilemma. Someone who will come to your rescue, however big or small, and having that person brings comfort. But even our go-to person is only human and can't have all the answers and always be available. This scripture says that God will always be there, that he will always show up and be exactly what we need when we need it. That makes me think of Aladdin and having some sort of magic lamp. It's too good to be true, but it is. That, that is it. He will also never give us too much. We may question that, but that's what the Bible says. Never gives us too much. Is there when we need him with exactly what we need. Wow. So on to Ephesians. And I'm going to, so now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Now this first part describes God's unlimited ability to supply all the power we need in order to manifest a superior spiritual quality of life. This is the God who created the heavens, the galaxies, the cosmos. Therefore, the power that he is able to supply to us is capable of accomplishing astronomically above anything we could ever want or need according to his word. We can't ask for more than that. When the day ahead seems overwhelming, the to-do list is so big, or the meeting that you're going into is so daunting before you even get out of bed, this is what we need to remember. We can be ready for any challenge. He has it covered. Isaiah. 
And I'm going to read two versions again. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. He will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Or, I will always show you where to go. I'll give you a full life in the emptiest of places, firm muscles, strong bones. You'll be like a well-watered garden, a gurgling spring that never runs dry. One of the ladies' events in Causeway Coast Vineyard was um, giving out a little freebie, and I forgot to bring it with me, but it was a compass on a bracelet. I'm wondering, Joanne, if you were there, if you had that. Um, and the theme was True North. So we can always be ready for any challenge life throws at us because we will always have a compass to direct us. We have access to someone who can help us to live fully in even the hardest of times to always be providing us with resilience and endurance to do it. We will never be starved of what we need to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Now that's not to say life will be easy, sadly not. We live in the middle of wars and disease which are not of God, Right back in the second book of the Bible in Exodus, this warfare, this spiritual warfare was introduced. This clash of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of this world. But in this same book, we also read of how God split the Red Sea to triumph against Egypt, to save his people. He is mighty, greater and more powerful than any circumstance we face. The Bible tells us every good thing comes from God. He makes all things work together for our good as the Jesus Culture song says. We also have the gift of the Holy Spirit. And when we invite Jesus into our hearts and choose to follow him, we can have God's presence with us always. That brings all we need, as we heard earlier, wisdom, peace, joy, whatever it is. Maybe it looks like inviting him into a difficult situation, praying in a room before you have a meeting and asking for wisdom for what to say or what response others will have. There are many ways. So we're going to think about obedience and intimacy with the Father. Obedience and intimacy with the Father can also help our peaceful hearts to be ready for any challenge. Mary was obedient to God's mission. She was to be the mother of Jesus. We can walk away from God's appointment or plans for us because we are consumed by disappointment. Mary could have thought, this is not how I planned this getting married business. Jesus, um, um, God, Joseph is not going to be very keen either. It's a no for me. No thanks. Um, and we can also focus on mistakes, then doubt his voice. That we just can't tell if it's him or not. The last time I had, had, had a meeting, I forgot all the information. I was really embarrassed. And then you're, you're really afraid that the same thing's going to happen again. Maybe you start to doubt yourself and you lose your confidence in your abilities and you question, is that me thinking that or is that God? It's so easy to totally forget God's provision and faithfulness from the past year. But when we do, it reminds us of his goodness and builds faith and hope for whatever we are currently facing. Journaling or keeping a note of such moments is so helpful to look back on when trusting God felt hard. We can say, oh yeah, I saw God move in that small or big way and I don't need to fear about tomorrow. I can trust him. Going back to the story, it was this knowledge of God's goodness that meant Mary could trust him and be obedient. Obedient to the call he had for her. 
the massive challenge of becoming pregnant before she was married to Joseph. This massive challenge of raising a child who would, who would not be loved by everyone and had a mission of his own to save the world and reunite them with his father. To be obedient, to recognize when God is directing you in a certain way or even giving you encouragement is also helpful for us to experience his peace. But how do we get there? It requires a deep and intimate relationship. Oxford Dictionary says intimate means closely acquainted, private or personal, and a very close friend. As I attend Vineyard College this year, myself and peers now joke that the answer to a question is no longer the classic Jesus <laughs> Sunday school answer, it's also intimacy. Why should we seek it? Because like any relationship, the more we know God, the more we understand him, can see him around us, can trust him and live from that place of experiencing the freedom and inner peace he intends for us. Any genuine intimate relationship requires full devotion and commitment to one another. The marriage relationship will not be very good if only one of the two is totally committed to the other. Therefore, as God is fully devoted and committed to us, we also need to be fully devoted and committed to him. Our relationship with him will not be just, it will not be very good if we are not committed and devoted to him as he is to us. So, John 15, before I go into that, so clearly has some clear imagery um, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We can do nothing without God. Intimacy is not head knowledge, but it's a heart experience of understanding, of sharing and belonging. So immerse yourself. We must immerse ourselves in the word of God and keep our spiritual ears tuned to the voice of the Holy Spirit by living a life of worship. As we worship God in our full being, we experience intimacy with him because worship brings us into the presence of God. Only those who learn to hear God and are attentive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit are ready to represent him in this world. It could be that you're in the car, in the shower, on a walk, sitting in your favorite chair with a lit candle, whatever vibe you want to go for. The options are endless. Spiritual practices like silence and solitude, prayer, fasting, worship. These make space to be with God with no agenda, no striving or achieving, just being and listening. So our third point is the peaceful heart is ready for a lifetime of challenges. We can look outwardly for ways to feel peace. Self-help books, spa retreats, holidays. We can also try to grip onto peace through control, controlling situations, clawing back some influence or impact that we can have on our lives. And as I touched on earlier, my um, tendency is to begin to use my strength of planning to an excessive, unenjoyable extent. In my head, this meant I was thinking of every eventuality, that I was being thorough. Sometimes it can make me think that I'm doing a good job, but needing to be in control in that way, down to the minute sometimes, means that I can struggle with challenges and surprises and not be very flexible. And this in turn feeds the desire to be in control. So you see that my strategy wasn't very effective. <laughs> 
But Mary, the teenage girl who would conceive Jesus by the Holy Spirit, seems to have no interest in conquering or controlling her fear. Why? Unlike Scrooge, Mary had a deep and abiding belief within her that God always, always, always had her best in mind. When she realized God was giving her a sacred but hard mission, a purpose in life that would expose her to ridicule, pain and family rejection, Mary simply chose to say, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. How easy it is not to listen to God. How it can seem like the easiest option. No, I'm not going to speak to that person in the queue or apply to that job or serve in church in that way. Perhaps, like me, before you know it, the words absolutely not come out of your mouth. And when Ben told me about Vineyard College, which is a course I'm doing this year, during lockdown, I just said a solid no from the start. I remember clearly we were on Zoom and I just shut it down and I got a brochure and I put it into a shelf. I did look at it and I shelved it. Interestingly, I didn't bin it, but anyway, shelved it. And when it was presented to me at another time, a few years later, I didn't ignore it. And by saying yes to God, he has opened up so much more for me, more than I could have imagined. And in Luke 16, 10, it says, whoever can be trusted with very little can be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little also be dishonest with much. I had to be brave though, like Mary, and say yes to that call. Even though it meant feeling like I was losing control, I was obedient And then the blessings and the peace came in that order. Ephesians 3.20, God can do anything you know far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. Sometimes we have to ignore what our earthly mind is telling us and listen closely to what God is telling us and how he directs us. If it's not something he wants us to do, he won't resource it to happen. When peace flows out from the inside, from knowing that God loves us and has our best in mind, that peace lasts a lifetime and is a light in our hearts that dissolves fear. It isn't a one-time decision and forever we'll skip over rainbows. It may feel like a continual intentional choice, but as we do it, our faith grows that little bit more for the next time. Earlier I said Mary had realized God had given her a sacred but hard mission, a purpose in life. Knowing our identity and giving the, um, the journey of purpose, beginning the journey of purpose, is so helpful when reclaiming the inner peace God wants for us. Identity is not a head journey. We move from insecurity to security. No amount of mindfulness, self-help books or kale will make you feel secure. Without security, there is no peace. This topic could be a whole series on its own, but I will just share a couple of points. Consider what skills and strengths you have. Maybe you're a problem solver, into logistics, bigger picture vision, effective working on your own or in a team. What's your personality like? Maybe you're caring, patient, funny, sociable, confident. These things are really helpful for us to identify and be aware of. The other significant thing to know is our identity in Christ. For this to happen, we need to read about it. We need to learn it. 
declarations are a helpful way for us to do that. So here are a few examples. I'm not going to read them all out to you. If um, they're helpful, I would recommend taking a photo on your phone, and then you can look at them another time. But these statements, when repeated, can become deeply embedded. Things we know but also believe. Things which bring us great comfort, help us to trust God and experience his peace. It's not just who we are, but whose we are. See what happens if you read a selection of declarations like these for a month. Knowing that he richly supplies all you need and has good plans for you. Finally, I want to talk about inheritance. I think it is another important element for us to consider as we reflect on Mary's response. Inheritance is a mindset of lack to abundance, where we believe we have all we need. Matthew 6, 26 says, Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? We no longer race ahead, wrestling with control to get all we need. Fear can impact our stories. Faith is our native land. It is our heir, not fear. Peace is our native land, and that's where we want to get to. Inheritance is knowing that we are heirs of God, which I mentioned a little earlier. The inheritance available to Jesus is available to us. And Romans 8, 17 now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory. By choosing to live for God, we have the inheritance and eternity with him in heaven. 1 Peter 2.9 also says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Identity gives validation, increases faith, and removes worry for performance. As we journey with God, we will always call, he will always call us out of our comfort zone. And when we say yes, we turn fear into courage. Courage is not the absence of fear, but of self. When we are here and able to open our hands to God, that's when investment happens. We can invest what God has given us into actions for his glory. From that place of identity and inheritance, we can continue to journey a lifetime of challenges, but from a peaceful heart with a lot of growth and blessing along the way. What's not to love? So, in conclusion, a character from the film, A Christmas Carol, said, there are more good things in this life, Scrooge, than you could ever imagine. At the time, Scrooge does not see this to be so, but by the end of the film, he says, I've discovered that I like life. Peace can be viewed as a fleeting emotion, an unachievable goal, something that other people have, and even something that we aim for but can't quite grasp. My prayer is that we would discover the many good things in this life and to experience them in full color, in the absence of fear, from a place of inner peace, a peace that isn't just for Christmas, but for every day. Psalm 63, because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live and in your name I will lift my hands. Here's to experiencing more of his love and how much better life can be. 
all that will be left will be to praise him, to glorify and thank him. This season, God, I pray that you would give us a gift of everlasting peace to fill our hearts. Convince us that your love for us is so good. Convince us of that love again. If your heart is not right with God, you haven't surrendered to him leading your life, then that is where peace begins for you today. Perhaps now in your own space or with someone from the prayer ministry team, at the end you could start that. To finish with, and as we go into worship, I invite you to begin to make space to process and listen to God. What is he highlighting to you this morning? What points have stuck in your head? What could you reflect on? Here are a few to get you started. Consider all the things in your life that you try to bring peace and rest. What do you need to surrender to him? And at the end, I just invite you, those who are longing for peace and are struggling to find it from deep within, come and get prayer. And those of you who maybe need to truly believe their identity in God, come and get prayer. There's so much more.